Welcome to the Social Witnessing Podcast, observing the world from a nice, safe distance. Hello. Hey. <laughs> All right. Episode six, Social Witnessing with our guests, the power couple, two of our favorite people in the world, Talia and Nick. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing? Hi. Hi, oh, quite the intro. Bang, bang. How are you doing? What's up? How are you? Pretty good. Uh, before we begin, we actually have uh, a big announcement big. For, for our four listeners out there. <laughs> big, big news. Uh, today, uh, as a family, the three of us and Bam Bam, our puppy, uh, went out for the first time in probably six weeks we went outside and it was amazing <laughs> oh my god that's crazy six weeks yeah because parker was sick for a week before this all started and i think yeah it's now been like five weeks since then so he yeah he hadn't been out in six weeks and i think i, I was like a week less than that and michelle's a week less than that so she's at like a month and i'm at like five weeks yeah i'm at a month it must have felt amazing to have like the sun on your face and the, breathe in the fresh air. Yeah. And I mean, it was such a nice day too. It was like cooking out. It was nice. Yeah. We had to go sit in the shade at one point. It was nice. You guys like freaked out by people? Like were you like, ah, like this is weird. Yeah. Why are there so many people? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It was crazy. So we didn't, we haven't gone out because we're like downtown is so packed that it's basically our, our theory, at least, was that it was going to be impossible to really social distance. And then, boy, was that ever confirmed because, uh, like, downtown, just, we, we ended up driving out of downtown. That was our plan. So we took the car and we decided to leave downtown and go find a quiet spot. We ended up at uh, Emily Carr School, if you guys know it. Uh, back, oh, don't give it away. Oh, uh, don't give it away. <laughs> we went somewhere else that's not Emily Carr School. Um we actually were eyeing Emily Carr School like two, day, two days ago. Like, oh, there's a big empty field. Yeah, exactly. This is a nice, Fields. nice big empty field. And, um, but yeah, like downtown was like more packed than before because yeah. everybody's at home, I guess, and everybody's just chilling. And like the beach was packed, and we drove by some parks on the way there, and they were packed. Douglas was packed. Douglas Park, yeah, we drove there first. That was packed. Heather Park was packed. Like the the bike lanes were just like jam packed over the over the Burrard Bridge, like the walking the walking um, sidewalk or trail, whatever it is. Yeah, and everywhere downtown that they have like where they have it, so you can't park. It's just back to back cyclists. <laughs> It's like worse than it normally is, which is crazy. Well, it's also so beautiful in Vancouver. Like it's, you know, that's always what makes the city come alive. It's like people, I guess, are having a hard time resisting it. But yeah, the, on the only thing that um, kind of showed us like, well, it might just be like the parks and stuff, but like the roads were noticeably thinner. Like we went mm -hmm. out basically in rush hour and there was no rush. It was um, pretty empty car wise. But yeah, tons of people anywhere that, that you could sit and chill and have some sun. So people clearly are not taking it as seriously as uh, other us. people, <laughs> as us, I guess. Well, but I think there's confusion. Like, I think that they think that this is social distancing. It's like, we just go to the park instead of the bar. Yeah. Slightly away from each other. And as long as we're biking 
And if, as long as we're walking and outside, then it's social distancing. So that's what Viking just seems worse because you're like they were one behind the other, and like that that means there's no like airtime, right? Like there's no time for for in my crazy anxiety ridden brain, there's no time for the droplets to actually drop. You're just like immediately driving into someone else's airspace behind them. Yeah. What about you guys? What have you what what's what have you been doing the past month? How how strict or not strict are you with the whole social social distancing and isolation thing? I mean, we've been like we've been pretty isolating. Like we we go outside. We go out with like we have two like basically hyperactive children that need to get outside. So maniacal psychotic children. <laughs> over like our own sanity outdoors is important but you know I think we're lucky to live in a like we have a house and a yard and we live in a neighborhood that like you can walk down the street and just you know cross over the other side of the street if you see somebody or you know you could walk a couple blocks without seeing anybody so like we have the freedom to be able to go for a walk in the neighborhood and not see not be in close distance to people so that's helped but we haven't, you know, we we were going grocery shopping like once a week, one of us would go. And now that was very anxiety producing for me. So now we've moved to like delivery, online shopping or like sidewalk pickup and that has been good. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, we're mostly just doing our thing. We also, you know, we'll end up at a park and some days it's great. It's like empty and we can run around in the field and other days like today we showed up and it was so packed, like it it produces anxiety when I, when I find like all of a sudden you're just like around all of these people. So. So which, which one of us is, are, are crazy us or them? Who's the crazy one? Wait, what do you mean by them? People who are just like jam packing a park and don't seem to really care at all. I think them, I mean, we're all, I feel like everyone in our circle is doing everything that they can. Like we're doing what we can to stay safe and stay sane. But, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are not taking it as seriously and that kind of ruins it for the rest of us. I mean, even just in terms of being able to go outside and go to parks, like keep your distance mm-hmm. Don't for all day. Don't go there every day. You know, we, we've been doing a lot of random picnics, like we'll go out for a walk or get on our bike and just like have a picnic in the grass on a random boulevard where nobody's around. <laughs> Yeah, not so scenic, just like actually finding isolation is kind of hard. Um, yeah, so... You guys are lucky, though. You have like a really nice backyard. That must be really nice right now. Yeah. Yeah, but like kids, they, they don't... They want anything that's not their house. You know, they want to be out. Right. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was saying, mentioned to Michelle Talia that you had said to me last time we, we spoke that... Uh, someone got got too close to you last time or one of the times you were out and you had to kind of tell them off. <laughs> Can you share that story? Oh, just feeling like um, there's no hold backs, you know, like it's the health and safety of your family. And if someone's in your space, like, you, like for me, if someone's in my space, I'm going to say something like back up, even in the normal world. Like, why do you need to, like I was in this situation, I think was when I was at the grocery store and someone like came right in front of me to grab the thing on the shelf that they wanted mm-hmm. in normal life. Is that necessary? Like you can't wait the two seconds until I'm done to cut in front of me and grab the thing from the shelf. But it, <laughs> in the time that we're in, I was like, I, yeah, I said something. <laughs> you know, I what did you say verbatim? 
Oh, I don't even remember. I think I just asked them to give me some space. <laughs> I wish I'd been there to see it. A tone. <laughs> Man, I just, yeah, I hope this continues. Like, like you don't need to be on my back when I'm lining up. Like, oh, it'd be so great if, like, social distancing just stays. <laughs> what? But it's interesting that, like, in some ways. I'm finding it really interesting to see, like, the social norms around it and sort of, like, finding your place, finding what's acceptable, and then also seeing, like, how is this going to be prolonged? Like, what what, what norms are going to carry on beyond after this? You know, I feel like it's going to change the whole way that we interact with people and the public. So I'm finding it kind of interesting to see how people, yeah, like, even just when you pass somebody on the street, you know, some people will still walk right past you and other people will go to the extent of like crossing to the other side of the road. So yeah, I don't know. It's finding that place of like, you know, if someone's too close to you, I've, I've had, we, you know, a friend came over and they were a little bit too close. Like they came over, you know, we've been some like porch visits, like we'll be at the top of the porch and they'll be like at our front gate or something. So there's lots of distance mm-hmm. and was came right up to the porch and I felt I just had to like back away from the door, but it was like, I don't want to say anything because it was our friend, but at the same time, I wanted to keep my distance. Like, I don't know what their situation is and what they were doing. And yeah, it's finding that balance between, you know, standing, like sticking up for yourself and your family, but also like sticking to what's acceptable. Yeah. I was a little bit worried about if I would be able to do that. But now that we're in this situation, I like I'm openly, even when we, were, when we were at the park, there was a lady jogging around the perimeter and just like openly like, Parker, don't go near the edge of the park. <laughs> Stay in the center. Yeah. Or like anytime the kids touch something, I'm like, pull out the hand sanitizer. <laughs> Where did you get hand sin- sanitizer? We're, we have these like insane uh, disinfectant wipes, but they're like so toxic and we haven't been able to find any hand sanitizer. Right. I cannot find disinfectant wipes, but I have hand sanitizer. Let's let's create a little barter system. Yeah. Well, we're down to like we ordered. Um... Go to um, Nada, which is like the it's a zero waste grocery store at Fraser and Broadway. Okay. Maybe a sponsor you now that they've had the plug. Uh, they have uh, bottles of hand sanitizer that's been produced by Forty Ninth Parallel, which is a local brewery, mm. which is cool to see like local companies come stepping in and doing that so they have a lot of hand sanitizer you can get it there oh that's awesome and also they're like when you go there every single person that walks in the door goes to a hand washing station mm. so oh. they're only like, a lot of time and everyone has to wash their hands before they go in oh that's awesome well they drop it in our trunk as we wait outside because that's the only grocery shopping format we're under right now yeah i mean this was three weeks ago that I did that but you know they might have moved towards that as more and more people are feeling less comfortable actually like going into store never know yeah that's what I'm more concerned about like at what point does it go back to like being okay to go in places even as we've talked to people there's plenty of people that are fine being out like they don't need a mask they're just out living their lives but as soon as it goes like comes to going into another building then that's where a lot of the anxiety kicks in and I feel like when does that change? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what the lasting impact is for all of this kind of stuff. And even like I've been talking, Nick and I have been talking about how just changing the whole concept of even like stores and cafes and shops and like 
real estate in Vancouver is so expensive. Like people are realizing like you don't even have like a whole store. People can just come to your window and purchase your thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to change the way that businesses run too. Yeah. Um, so Nick, how, how are you doing? Like how, like how do you do what you do now? Like what, what changes have happened? Like I know like with Parker, we still like have some communication and, and things are still happening. You should mention Nick is a teacher. Yeah, but specifically, like, you teach music. So, like, do you just have meetings with your students, or how are you making it work? Um, yeah, like, music is meant to be done in the same room together. And so that's just not possible anymore. And there's no, there's really no digital or online solution to that. So everything, the whole game has changed. Um, yeah, it, it, the whole, what I teach and how I teach it is completely flipped on its head and everything that we do in, in music performing classes, like I teach orchestra, uh, six days a week. So we're all looking towards concerts and like products that we produce as, a, um, so that's just, that doesn't exist. The final product doesn't exist. So, uh, just kind of scrambling and trying to figure out where to start because there's no real sense of what the end is yet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are some, some great things about teaching online, um, communication, um, being able to sort of like switch between talking and, and presenting um, slideshows and, and that kind of thing. But it, it's not the same as being in the same room. I have no idea if they're laughing at my stupid jokes. Um, and, and yeah, and that's, it's really hard not to get the feedback from them. Um, so it's been really hard. I hope in a couple of weeks to have some bigger projects in mind for the kids. You know, there's all these, all these things out there, the, the multi-video uh, is, but that's a huge amount of work. Um, and it's still not quite the same thing. The end product is the same thing, but you know, in an educational setting, I think the process is what's super uh, important and we're, we're missing out on the process if we just sort of give a product at the end. So mm-hmm. we're in isolation. So it, it's really um, just figuring out as we go right now, There's there's no, answers to that question really yet and what's the school what what's the school expecting of you right now like are you kind of doing online classes full-time or is it just like an hour to a day or what what's your process now um so with the vancouver school board um it's been very very slow so i um i have kids who had don't they don't have access building the school anymore so they kids don't have their instruments at home um or they are um they haven't even responded to an introductory email to make sure that they're on a new system so we're still really by the end of this week trying to just have like initial contact like literally like hey how are you doing is this system working for you and like a a thumbs up response from them, like a like, um, on like this, uh, on this system that we're using. So, um, 
there really has not been much content delivered or assignments. I mean, I might be a little bit ahead of the game trying to trying to set things up and asking for um, assignments being handed in. But um, in general, it's it's really up to the to each teacher to decide what they're doing. But the the leadership has just been saying there's no expectation of any curriculum delivered. Right now, we are just trying to assess like what kids have laptops and what who, who doesn't who doesn't have quality internet at their homes um who's taking care of uh, siblings who's uh you know because their parents are out of work they're now taking a, um, a job at safeway working 40 hours a week there's so many different situations and um so the leadership like the the vsb and the principals and all that basically just really worrying about all those those factors before we even talk about delivering any curriculum. So not much is going on and the kids are bored. They're staying up till four in the morning and waking up at noon. And, um, cause there's, there, there's no routine in their life anymore. Yeah. I think that was one thing that like right away, we <laughs> gave Parker a routine and a schedule because I still have to work and you need to have to work. So he has two working parents at home, but he's pretty good. Like his buy-in, he's got good buy-in and especially when we made it a schedule he could control and change like it has moving parts then we had him on board but it's still like it's still a struggle you need has to sit with him like for quite a bit of the day and so you're you know like when you still have to work it gets pretty stressful i couldn't imagine what it's like for kids whose parents actually have to leave the house like what do you do all day I can't even imagine attempting a structure with our children. <laughs> like I just, it's, you know, they've done some virtual school and that has been a struggle in itself. So. Well, it's so hard to like, uh, I get most of my information in the world from TikTok these days and seeing these kids doing these big Zoom things and like, you know, some of them talking about how teachers are like assigning them like real, like, you know, a serious amount of work and just thinking of these kids like thinking of ourselves in high school like in this situation and the teacher is expecting you to put like real hours in it just seems a bit of a reach even that I mean at a certain point we do have to get back to some kind of structure but it's also a lot to ask of a, a teenager or even younger um, elementary kids to kind of self-regulate and be able to handle all the stressors that are going on and all the changes and be able to sit there and actually do real work just seems like a lot. Right. Although, I mean, that said, I also see like for Itai, like he's, he's doing some one-on-one -on -one sessions with his teacher and like seeing him just stimulated and engaged, I think it's actually brought some kind of consistency yeah. to his day and his life that I think he was needing and seems to be like quite helpful for him yeah one-on-one -on -one would be great yeah I mean we're lucky that his you know teachers are offering that but he's young I'm yeah. not worried about the academics it's more just you know seeing his teacher and continuing with the routine and being mentally stimulated in a way that we're not really we can't really recreate at home yeah yeah definitely I was um so like that's been one of the challenges I think I think we have a laptop now that's going to work, but all our computers either don't have webcams or we use them. Like you need to use them for work. So uh, they have teams through his school, uh, Microsoft teams. 
and yeah just to like get him set up I'm like they started on Wednesday and I still don't have it completely set up so but I think it'll be good for him to see to see his teacher because even when talking to my aunt he wanted to go into another room and have a conversation and I think like that's part of their own development to have those relationships with other adults that aren't their parents so yeah it's definitely definitely important And Nick, how is your family? Because you have family out east as well, where this is a bit bigger than it is here in BC. We've been pretty lucky that I think we're leading the way as far as Canada. Um, what's this? What's the situation out there? Sorry, go ahead. What did you say? What's the situation now with your family who's out east, where things are, I think, a little bit worse from what I gather than they are here in BC? Yeah, I mean. My mom is like a COVID denier kind of person. Okay. Anti-COVIDer. I don't know what you want to call her. But, um, COVID truther? Yeah, yeah. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. Right. So she's just out there living life? Um, yeah. I, th- I mean, it's hard because I only, I only see her on Skype. Um, so, I'm, but I'm my sense of it is that she tells me one thing and does another, Mm. um, you know, like, don't worry yourself, but I'm pretty sure she goes to the grocery store and, you know, she's what she's 79 years old. Um, I just think when we, when you get up there, you know, that, um, you know, I guess you're more of a, um, a threat. Uh, if you get it, it's more severe and more serious. Um, but also just like you might not be as clean a person or you might, you know, slip up on things and, and, you know, not, you're not as mentally aware of those kind of things. Um, just touching doorknobs and, and not thinking, okay, I need to wash my hands right now, you know? Um, yeah. So that's, that's a, that's a bit of a stress um, to, to think about that. Um, and then the other side of my family is uh, they're just kind of working from home. My sister is in Toronto. She's a, a travel agent. So she's been dealing with refunds the last uh, month. Right. Yeah. But just living at home and, and uh, um, yeah, I think she just lives with, with her mom and, and they're just kind of a twosome driving each other crazy. Yeah. And Talia, I'm curious, what is your sister doing? Because your sister also, her her daughter is older. How old is she now? Yeah, she's seven. Oh, she's seven. I thought she was old. Wait, what? Seven, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I thought she was two years older than her. Yeah. Um, how are they doing? No. I mean, she's in grade three. Okay. Maybe. I should know that. <laughs> ah, seven, eight. It's all the same. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean, they're also, I think, trying to figure out school and keeping her engaged and entertained. I mean, they're homebodies, which I think helps in some way, you know, I think it's, I don't know, it's, uh, her, her husband is working from home and as you guys know, it's hard. I mean, even here, it's hard to like keep the kids away from Nick. They know he's here. They want to be near him. Yeah. And. Wouldn't. If I tell them they can't do something, then they want to go to him and ask if they can do it. <laughs> yeah. 
say yes, just get away from me. Yeah, and you have two, so they could like goad each other on and like, you know, really get riled up. Whereas Parker, if he gets a no, then, you know, there's nobody else there to kind of be like, oh, you can do it. You can do it. Don't worry about it. Oh, they are riled. Um, I had the audacity to forget the picnic blanket yesterday <laughs> and I got hit, but Vienna headbutt me so hard that I actually had the tears. Oh my God. <laughs> in like full tantrum mode these days i think it's just you know it cooped up inside not you know not being able to go to the park three times a day to get their energy out and see their friends mm-hmm. social regulation like you know when you hang out with other kids and you see how they act in society then that kind of informs you on how to act but if you don't have that and you don't have any base that you're just kind of like it's like what uh, it's like wild child you know that there's nothing uh, what do you call that? What's that movie? What's that book? Lord of the Flies. Oh. It's like Lord yeah. of the. You know what yeah. I mean? Like all, all everything's gone to that, and they don't have any base, so they're they're just crazy. Yeah, and that's another thing that's hard with parenting is like you know when Parker has his bad days where he's just moody and like arguing everything and just you know being a six year old kid. And then you're like, you, you have your own stressors, you're dealing with your work. So like, you know, if, if I ever snap at him and then I'm just like, oh, come on, he's like dealing with all this stuff. He hasn't, he barely gets to go outside until, until now he hasn't gone outside. <laughs> and so it's hard to really even kind of have any being stern with them at all is really difficult because so you know anytime we get an argument like three seconds later i'm like oh i just i have to give in because i mean he's dealing with so much and yeah it threatened to to have like no screen time today i was like no that's (laughs) (laughs) every time i threaten i have to like find a way to back out of it like oh well you did this thing really well so you can have your screen time back Um, so out of this, I think this is like the, the thing I keep thinking about out of this is, are there any positives you're going to take away or things you're going to continue doing? Like, what was the, what's the, what's the good part of this that you're finding? Yeah. I mean, for us, like the silver lining is, I think being together and like, Nick is what? <laughs> even if it's enraged, it's still wonderful. <laughs> You know, Nick's a busy guy. He's a teacher. He's a musician. He gigs at night and on the weekends. And just like, you know, having him home, you know, cutting out the commute and like the hour and a half of dealing with kids after school and all that stuff, just being together and the kids having him around and all of us just having more time together, I think has been really nice. And as I'm kind of trying to like, you know, settle into the idea of this being the way of life, I think that's sort of the comfort and silver lining to know that like we're lucky we have each other we have you know our home and our yard and our space and just feeling like grateful for the situation that we're in while all this is going on so yeah hopefully appreciate each other as opposed to uh (laughs) some of the situations that have been happening in the last few it's not personal personal doing a lot of stress I'm kind of ragey these days Yeah, I think we've all had our moments. That's how we got outside. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, our children would literally be bouncing off the walls if they were inside for even two days. 
So. Yeah, we've been lucky where I didn't, I re, that, that is actually the reason we went out is actually the podcast we did with Parker, the first episode, because he started using words like being stressed and that he didn't really like it. But I'd never heard that from him before. Like he's been so good, like compared to what I expected. He's been so amazing throughout this whole thing and just like seemed pretty unfazed. But then when we asked him about it, then he started using some of those words. And I was like, oh, wow, this is affecting him differently than he lets on. And that's kind of what eventually pushed me to be like, okay, we got, we got to get this kid outside for a little bit. And he was out, he was out there for like literally like three minutes. And he was like, best day of quarantine ever. <laughs> Hello? It's, you don't realize, it's like, don't realize how the kids are affected by it when they can't when they don't necessarily express it like at the beginning you know we're trying to explain it to the kids but obviously like we're talking about a lot and everyone's talking about a lot and and then Itai was saying things like like mom does the pizza have have the virus <laughs> like does chocolate have the virus and I was like oh man like you know realizing I have to be really careful like what we say to them and what we talk about in front of them and like I don't want him living in fear that everything has the virus. You know? Yeah, it's it's tough though. Like e- like even us, like Parker has a pretty good grasp of it, but then sometimes he just like goes on these tangents of what could happen. Like if we got the virus, he's like, "Oh, but I think you'll be okay. Like I don't think you'll die, but some other people they're gonna die." <laughs> like mm, maybe this isn't the conversation to be having. Yeah, and I mean, for. Like comparatively, you know, there's people in a whole lot worse situations that are dealing with like wars and, and, you know, having to leave their homes and all that. And those kids, like, even with that kind of serious trauma, they still get through it and lead normal lives. So, you know, that's that's kind of what I, I grasp onto that he'll be OK. But at the same time, you know, there's this is going to be an entire generation where we we won't really know till later how this is really affecting all their psyches. Um, so it's. Yeah, I mean, trying to not be too, like, anxiety invoking, you know, like, when they're out, and I'm like, don't touch that, don't, like, I have to kind of check myself, because I don't want them to have to take on that anxiety, right? It's, oh, it's not good for them. (laughs) Touch it, but please don't touch your face. (laughs) But I said the silver lining was being together, and I'm curious what Nick's silver lining is, because he kind of gave me a look. (laughs) <laughs> Nick? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, just kind of, like, just checking, like, for personally and for the family, like, it's just kind of, like, checking yourself, like, what, what, what's the priority in life? And it's, like, it's, it's health, right? It's being together. And, yeah, I think this thing has kind of had like rechecking what's important like success is nothing compared to that and you know just just to be with each other is is what's the most important thing so you know simplifying your life i think that's a huge um positive that can come out out of this like just cooking more at home or cooking all the time at home and and just being more of a unit in that way and not um sort of uh uh relying on like all the consumerism and stuff that's out there um you know make your day and make your dinner and just like relying on the outside world um of course there's great things in there but like you know um 
simplifying it is, is pretty huge for us, I think. And then, like, I think, like, on a bigger scale, like, I think, like, it's a huge check-in for, like, you know, society, for, for ourselves. Like, people are saying, like, the world is doomed after, and the economies are going to crash and everything's messed up. And, and if, like, if taking a month or so off of, of you know, what we've built is, is going to collapse that fast, then, then what, the, what, what have we built? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, you didn't really build something that strong or that's that sustainable if it can't if it can't handle like a little bit of it. Like we're not even shut down to the point where like you're actually on lockdown and only like, you know, people are still allowed to go to the grocery store. You know, we're not being like rationed food and stuff like that. Like we're not in that kind of pandemic situation. Uh, and yet you know, people are talking about this is going to be a recession and people are going to have to like close their stores and, and, and the whole world's going to change because of this. And so I just hope when we come out of this, when we rebuild, you know, like rebuild with a, a better sense of longevity and what is important. Yeah. I think that that's a really good point. I think it's, yeah. If what we've built can collapse that easily, maybe this is the time to reevaluate and even, even for us, I think it was also reevaluating what's important and how we're living our lives. And like, maybe we're getting a bit lost in some other ideals. So yeah, I would definitely agree with that takeaway from this. And it's in a way, in a way it's freeing to have life. You're not rushing to this and that. You don't have to be anywhere. You're not, you know, it's just kind of back to the basics. And like, even though, it's a horrible situation to have to be in that it's just I'm kind of enjoying the not enjoy I don't know this wording isn't coming out quite right but I, I guess I am like I'm finding like some comfort in the simplicity of like mm-hmm. definitely and just getting all those hours back that you kind of spend in between things and moving kids from one thing to another and I mean even grocery shopping we've talked about that before in one of the last episodes where it's like you know two to four hours of your week just suddenly back to you because you're getting everything delivered and you know there's so many spots like that throughout your week that you've now all, all that time is freed up to actually do something more meaningful with mm-hmm. that's yeah I mean that's something I've been thinking a lot about is like we're getting you know kind of thinking we're basically like getting through day by day and trying to think about rather than just getting through and surviving like trying to find meaning amidst it all like what something bigger than just surviving i was saying to nick yesterday like i feel like a lot of days we're just like surviving and not thriving and like what can we do to find more meaning when we're just sort of you know you take away all of your you know, socialization and bigger picture things and just trying to find it that within our family and for our kids too, like trying to find meaningful ways for them to be, you know, good people and develop positive, you know, kindness and empathy and all of those things when you don't have anyone around you to, um, to work on that with. So I'm struggling myself with kind of both for myself and our family and our kids is like finding that sort of way that way to find meaning. Yeah. And that's, I think also, uh, well, I think that's a gr- great 
kind of question to leave this on is, you know, how, if, the, if this is a longer term thing in whatever form it is, how are we make it, how are we going to each individually and as a society, as a people, how are we going to find a way to make it mean more than just how am I going to make it through the day? Yeah. So thank you so much, you guys, for coming on. This was awesome. Uh, always fun talking to you. <laughs> Hopefully we can do it in person one of these days soon again. Yeah, so fun. Yeah. yeah, nice to talk to you. Nice to hear your voice. Yeah, same. We really like we really miss you guys. We miss like I don't think we see each other that often, but the times we do are so important. And then now it's yeah, it feels even further away because now it's I don't know when we'll see you. But like cockroaches, <laughs> we shall persevere. <laughs> Farewell. We we've been through worse. I mean, maybe not us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. Okay. We'll talk to you guys nice again. See you guys. Be okay. well. Bye. 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 Yeah.